This is episode number 12 of the Abuse Talk podcast with me, Jennifer Gilmore. Welcome to the Abuse Talk podcast. My name is Jennifer Gilmore and I turned my mess into a message. I'm an author and advocate for women in abusive relationships and promote that together we are louder. Each fortnight there is a new episode on the Abuse Talk podcast featuring a series of interviews with those that work in the domestic abuse sector, getting an inside feel for what it's really like in their job role and sharing it with all of you. There's also a chance for you to join in the discussion by leaving a voice recording a message so that we can share together in the discussion. In this episode, I speak with Taylor Marie, who is a domestic abuse support worker and a Mackenzie friend in training. This interview is certainly highly informative and I believe everyone can learn something from listening to this one today. Before we get started, I want to say a big thank you to Rockpool. They're the main sponsor of Hashtag Abuse Talk and I actually went on one of their programmes quite some years ago now. Um, it's the Domestic Abuse Recovery Toolkit and I went on it as a delegate, as someone coming out of an abusive relationship only to find out that weeks later I wanted to raise awareness about this hidden side um, on coercive control and that is where my journey started. I was informed not and had this knowledge and I just wanted to help other people. They've actually just published a blog post about some of the delegates um, of the Recovery Toolkit um, in 2018 and 2019 and they looked at 116 people across nine areas. In the beginning, um, before they went on that programme, out of a score of five, only 3.2 on average um, had knowledge of trauma um, and that informed practice. But coming out of the other end of it, a massive 4.5 on average had that knowledge after the course. And I do believe it is so important to learn about it, be educated, but also on how to move past those triggers and have that toolkit there in your bag. Um, so if you're interested in getting trained up on this programme, um, it's a bit, the training is available across the whole of the UK and um, you can head to their website rockpool.life check them out um such a nice team of people and so honored to really be um have them as a sponsor to be honest um so check them out rockpool.life I also have another shout out and in fact this is something brand new. I've opened a special tier on patreon.com for people that want to support hashtag abuse talk um, and so I want to say thank you to the first ever supporter of this, um, Katrina Hay. So thank you so much for um, just for being there and being a part of Hashtag Abuse Talk. For those who want to join in, you can have your name shouted out on this podcast in each episode, which is fortnightly. You'll be given exclusive voting power over topic suggestions, seasonal events and happenings in the future. And you will also receive benefits from all the other tiers um, on my Patreon. Head to patreon.com forward slash Jen L. Gilmore. That's J-E-N-L. 
G-I-L-M-O-U-R. Now, after a big, long introduction, let's hear that interview with Taylor Marie on Mackenzie Friends and a bunch of questions she asked did get a tad emotional. Enjoy. I am so excited to have the lovely Taylor with us today and you're joining us to talk about your work as a domestic abuse support worker and also a Mackenzie friend in training which we're all intrigued about um but briefly we met I think it was in October at the court said um <laughs> protest but when I say briefly it was <laughs> I don't think we actually had a conversation but since then um, we have had a few um, little conversations online and have seen the work that you're you're building and you're you know starting to do and help others and so it just naturally fell upon me to ask you to join us for this um podcast and interview and I'm so delighted that you agreed so thank you so much because <laughs> not everybody want, wants to so thank you so much and I have to say we've had so many questions in and a completely different variety so I'm really excited to sort of get our teeth into this and, and find out a bit more about you so mm-hmm. um First of all, though, can you can you tell us just a bit about you and what your job role entails? Uh, well, I am a survivor myself, obviously, of domestic abuse, coming out of a domestic um, abuse marriage. Went through the court system myself um, and just found myself, just like everybody else, just really frustrated. Um, found that I went in completely naive, completely innocent to it all, not having a clue what anything was about. I had legal representation, I followed them blindly. Um, and sort of coming out the other side and just thinking, oh my goodness, what has just happened to me? And then realizing that it happens to so many other people, and it just made me want to not have my experience be in vain, I suppose, I, I, I tend to call it. And, mm. and I find that I sort of, I, people say to me and I do come from that sort of background where you know I'm good at speaking to people good at public talking and things that was my old career um and I found that people were telling me that I came across in court very well and things like that and I just thought you know what it'd be really great to be able to help others in some way shape or form and it sort of started with being on the Facebook support groups and things and people sort of reaching out and if I found that I could help somebody if I had some knowledge in that to answer that question that they had Mm. then I would say you know feel free to inbox me or you know get my number and and we can chat about it and if I can help I will and it just kind of spiraled from there really and then I got to know other people through you know sort of Rachel Williams and stuff and obviously Natalie Page Um, and then I eventually met a lovely woman called Misha who runs Sane Sisters in the East Midlands which is where I'm based and um, found out everything that she was doing and setting up Sane Sisters and the courses that she was doing and the workshops and things. And I was just like, oh my God, I want, I want in, you know, I want to be part of that. And so then became a domestic abuse support worker through sort of Sane Sisters as well as through the Facebook pages. Um, and then just thought, you know what, I'd love to, lots of questions that get bon- you get bombarded with tend to be mm. legal based questions. Um, and I knew little bits from my own experience. I knew little bits from sort of helping others and getting information and things. But then I thought, wouldn't it be great if Sane Sisters had a Mackenzie friend on board, someone who could go down that sort of more legal route slightly and be able to 
um, go into court and be more of a voice and things, you know, when you're sitting with the, with the survivor and stuff in the rooms and you can say, actually, I know a bit about that. I can help you. Or right. if someone phones you and says, I need help with my statement. And you can say, actually, yeah, I can do that. And I'm a Mackenzie friend, so I'm legally allowed to do that. And it just sort of, you know, opens up some more doors, really. I'm going on, yeah. sorry. <laughs> no, no, that's great. That's fantastic. I mean, can can you tell everybody really what a Mackenzie friend does um you know so people get an idea because I think quite a few people haven't actually heard of the role and for me in my experience through family court it wasn't until he brought tried to bring in a Mackenzie friend in that I heard about it and that was maybe a couple of years down the line so could you just let everybody in on that for me <laughs> I very recently found out actually and to my dismay I suppose would be the word it was wasn't until I started training and went on the first course that I've done already that I found out that anybody can be and can class themselves as a Mackenzie friend so you can take your mum with you you can take your boyfriend with you you can take your next door neighbour with you they don't have to have any knowledge of anything and you can just say they're here as my Mackenzie friend um which to me is a little bit worrying I don't and it's not because I don't think people should be allowed to have a support system coming even going into the courtroom with you but I think that there should be um, a difference between having that mm. emotional support and more of a Mackenzie friend support so when I found out that you don't even have to do any courses you can literally just sign yourself up as a Mackenzie friend I mean a lot of Mackenzie friends charge I don't charge but certainly you can uh, anything between 150 and 400 pounds for a day in court I've heard wow. uh, and I think you know if you're going to go down that route and take on that kind of role you really need to be making sure that you know what you're talking about mm. uh, and you you have some kind of knowledge because if you give the wrong advice out or the wrong information or help someone in the wrong way it could really well it, it could completely destroy their case mm. for a start so I think it's a it is a really sensitive thing um, I would say always do your research on Mackenzie friends if you're going to go down the route of finding someone who is what I call sort of a formal Mackenzie friend, so someone who's not your mum or your brother, um, and going down that route, especially if you're going to pay for this, uh, pay for the services they give you. And just make sure that you've got someone that actually knows what they're doing, start for starters, and two, is going to fight in your corner. Because one mm. thing I found while doing the courses and meeting other people that have been doing the courses is that people will go in with their own agendas so you'll get fathers get men going in because you know they've been up against uh, their wife and stuff like that and so they will kind of tend to not like the women so much and it always worries me think well you know would you represent a woman just to ruin things for her and then you might mm -hmm. get people on the flip side really I suppose um, so it is a little bit but uh, yeah, as far as what we do, uh, well, you learn, basically, you learn um, basic law um, and it's literally just family law. Um, mm. So it's not like a lawyer where you're, you're learning, you're, you're there for years in, in university and, and learning law as a whole, the international law, and then going off and specialising in, you know, um, oh, I fought, fell over at work, you know, compensation stuff or corporate law or employment law. Um, or family law of course you're going straight down that specific route of learning mm. family law and it's based it's three separate courses and each course one covers financial proceedings 
one covers children's proceedings and then one covers um, your final hearing, contested hearing, fact-finding hearing type of procedures. And in all of those, you learn basics, so how to do um, court statements, um, how to deliver those, how to uh, organise um, evidence, uh, witness statements and things, how things run, learning about the, the various sections, so with CAFCAS and social services, things like that, the various... Um, um hearings that go down you know so you've got your first hearing first directions hearing and your resolution hearing your fact finding hearing you know and all that sort of stuff so you're learning these little bits um, and getting more knowledge on these um, and then you're also given uh, resources that you can go away and look up and keep up to date uh, up to date on these sorts of things as you go along and get further help and things like that and that's why they've managed to be able to condense it into a, a these three full day courses um, because you literally are just narrowing down to what is what is done just in family court around children, finances, divorce, really. Mm. Yeah, no, I mean, it sounds quite in, intense in a way. And for me, I don't know if this is a regional difference. So I wasn't allowed to bring in anyone um, as a Mackenzie friend that, that I was connected with. Um, so I wasn't able to bring my partner in or, or anything like that, or even a friend, it would have to be someone professional. So whether that's like a personal life coach, that is, you know, basically I was told that a Mackenzie friend had to be, um, non-biased so that it was an even, um, sort of discussion. So obviously taking your partner in is not maybe not going to work or your mum, <laughs> But um, I don't know whether that's the difference in region because I would have really have liked um, maybe, you know, someone out of my relatives to have, have gone in mm. just to hear about it because it's such a daunting process yeah. to sort of go through and then come out of the room to then retell and yeah. sort of how to put that together vocally is quite difficult. Um, yeah. So we've got... Um, questions from people you may have answered some a bit briefly but we'll we'll go over all of them and try and get you know really good full answer so people have got a really good idea um and the first one i would say is um a, about um basically how did you become a domestic abuse support worker so i know you mentioned the same sisters and everything and mentioned going through there but how how do you actually how did you do that then was there a course was there a program how did you get that sort of official is that you do i mean obviously the the lady that set up the organization has done a lot of the courses and helps run a lot of the courses and will um will do them herself as well and carry them on um and those of, of us that uh, volunteer with her um are put forward for those sorts of courses so you do those sort of as you go along it is a volunteer organization we're all volunteers including Misha herself so you know it's a case of just sort of finding your own time and things and just learning as you go really um mm. it's one of those things where you know first and foremost you're an emotional support um so you know if you're a good listener um and you you know you can be that shoulder to cry on you know some women that, that call me will say this is the first time that I've ever said most of this out loud to anybody you know not even my family know a lot of stuff and I've never met her and she's never met me and it's you know I think if you come across as that kind of person that that's a great standing um first and foremost and then obviously other things can come in so safeguarding um courses mental health um courses and things like that so you can help to spot signs and, and help out with more in-depth things like that so uh, yeah 
and it, but it's all a learning curve as you go along really yeah no thank you for that um <clears throat> so we sort of discussed what a Mackenzie is um already but so how how would you get into this line of work so I, I know you've mentioned that you can go on these courses are these are UK wide courses is it I'm guessing it's a certification where I I, I uh, my courses were with a guy called Simon Wellard I think that's how you say his surname <laughs> Wellard uh, if you google it um, it will come up um, and he does Mackenzie training um, twice a year once in the spring once in the autumn and he runs them in London and Manchester um, and they're obviously three three days the ones that I do work really well because he does them on a Saturday so it's not impeding in my day job and stuff like that but I know that there's another one called Bre Brecon Hill um, that do courses as well so if you google in sort of Mackenzie friend training courses and things then I'm sure that wherever you are uh, in the UK that you'll find something relatively close I mean I go to Manchester I went to Manchester for the last course and going back to Manchester for the next two courses which is a little bit of a trek but you know it's worth it and um, the courses that I've done through Simon are 225 pounds per course so it's 675 for the full package wow. if you like but you you don't have to do all three uh, obviously I think that a Mackenzie friend if they're going to take it seriously I think that they should but you don't have to mm. um and uh, it's like you say it's a full-on intensive course a full day thing you know I came out of it with a migraine and I'll probably come out the other two with a migraine as well um so yeah it, it, I'm sure that um you'd be able to find something relatively close to you in that sort of ballpark figure mm -hmm. um to go and do uh, and learn yourself and then you can always go and uh, do them again at any point and refresh i think at one point simon asked me if i'd done it before and he must have <laughs> thought that i was quite knowledgeable or something unfortunately i probably am a little bit because of my own experience but uh, and i said why if i've done it before why would i be here and he's like well some people come back for refreshes so uh, mm. you know you do it again if you wanted to a few years down the line so yeah I suppose you could I suppose in looking at it you, you you could end up doing a lot of the the children's kind of you know family car aspect and maybe not so much the financial and then maybe somebody requests the financial side yeah. and perhaps it's a bit like um <laughs> yeah, I need to touch up on that one <laughs> so yeah I can yeah. see why you might need the, the refresher um but no that's very interesting again this is something I didn't I don't think I knew there was training for until talking with you about this. <laughs> I just thought it was just anybody off the street kind of thing. <laughs> Even if you're somebody that's just going through court yourself, you know, mm. you're right at the beginning, say, and you Google and there's the courses coming up. Um, and you you have to be listening in person because you can't afford legal representation. I think it would be great for people like that as well. I mean, oh, I yeah. originally looked into it. Um, for myself you know because if my um, ex ever drags me back to court and things which you know is always a possibility with us and um, then you know I've got that knowledge for my own um, my own cases my own hearings and things because I can't afford any legal representation moving forward and mm. um, so you know I think it's good for anyone else's knowledge as well even if you're not looking to um, help others sorry my cats just help others or um, or uh, or build up any kind of business for it and earn money you know I think it's quite a good thing to do just to get that kind of uh, knowledge mm. knowledge power I suppose uh, I think it is quite daunting when you get when you're going to um, the setting especially 
I originally went in with a solicitor so I was like completely dependent on this person um and you think first of all you think well it's only going to be a couple of hearings and it doesn't turn into that <laughs> um and going in there without that person you feel unprepared because you don't really know what the process is what what the how to apply the law or you know how, how things work or what you can suggest what you can say what you can't say it's really quite frustrating so yeah I can see why they would do something like that I mean wouldn't it be amazing if that was just offered <laughs> anyway for people who can't afford it they get some kind of yeah. knowledge <laughs> this has really come into the forefront now certainly since 2012 when legal aid was was all abolished really um, and suddenly there was a whole um, load of people out there that just couldn't afford um, a solicitor and we're being dragged into these situations and sadly the courts don't care whether you can afford it or not you know they'll, they'll happily just sit, see you sitting there all by yourself um, and like you say it's a, an incredibly daunting experience I went through not the child custody case um, but the financials um, on my own I was litigant in person and I had a domestic abuse support worker with me um, it was kind of like a, a, an unofficial Mackenzie friend as well if you like but it was still just absolutely terrifying, you know, and, but, and I think that that's why um, people like Mackenzie Friends um, and the IDVAs, you know, um, and the PSUs are now coming to the forefront more because mm. people are needing them more, especially victims of domestic abuse. If there's been financial abuse and they just haven't had any money, if they've had to flee the, the family home and things and they've just, you know, they've got nothing. Um, at least there's this service there but I do truly believe that it does need to start being regulated more I think mm. definitely well it leads me on to um, um, another person who's asked a couple of questions so why if there are trained Mackenzie friends are the PSU in the courts well, the PSU is slightly different. It's more, they're more sort of charity-based, so there'll be women's aid or your local domestic abuse charity. When I first started with the, the uh, children's hearings, um, I had an advert and she came with me to one of the hearings. Uh, and it was great and she was really sweet and she sat next to me and she stroked my shoulder and things, but she wasn't allowed in the room um, and she wasn't allowed to give me any kind of advice or anything like that, you know, certainly not any sort of legal advice and things. Um, and so I think that the Mackenzie friend is sort of that next step up. The only thing is, is that not all Mackenzie friends are going to have that sympathetic or empathetic side either. And this is why I wanted to go into this sort of side because I want to take the, the domestic support worker um, and my own experience as a survivor forward with me uh, into the world of Mackenzie friending. Um, so I've got that whole sort of package. I can be there as emotional yeah. support with an empathetic ear. Um, I know exactly what they're going through. And then, but at the same time, I can add that sort of legal side to it as well and help out and advise and that sort of thing. So, uh, but I think that PSUs have still got their, you know, they're still needed. You know, I think that uh, if you've got a litigant in person and that's all they can get, or they're quite competent in the, the um, side of paperwork and things like that, but they want somebody in there with them. Mm. And obviously, if you've got someone from a charity, they're more likely to let that person in than, say, if you've got your boyfriend with you or your mum with you and, and whatnot. You know, especially if the f friend or family member that you're bringing with you your ex knows he's obviously going to put his foot down or she is going to obviously put their foot down and, and, um, 
not want them to come in. Whereas if you've got this, you know, um, stranger, mm. then that's going to help, I think, as well. So, yeah, there, they, I think everyone has uh, their role to play. And yeah. uh, my was great, you know, for what she did. Yeah. No, that's great. And um, so th- another question from the same lady. Why are the Mackenzie friends not openly available to those who need them? Um, I mean, just hearing from what we've discussed already, I'm guessing there's part, part of this is awareness of, of the whole side of it. Yeah, I would assume so. I mean, if you Google Mackenzie friends, and um, there are firms, if you can call them firms, um, <laughs> out there, out and about that do um, have Mackenzie friends, they'll have a group that maybe set up a little business together, or you'll get uh, independent people that are, have done the training or going through the training or have had loads of experience themselves um, and have set up on their own. And if they've got any kind of um, advertising base, so a website or a Facebook page or something like that, then then uh, I assume that they can be they can be found, but I, I do know that they are they are sort of quite few and far between. I think it tends to be a, a kind of word of mouth type type of thing. Mm. Um, yeah, it's a difficult one because I think that there's still that sort of I don't yeah I don't think the awareness is out there yet for those that need a Mackenzie friend, but also for those that decide to be a Mackenzie friend. I don't think it's quite really out there yet, and th- th- there's not that many around. Mm. yeah I suppose it's something that's got to really grow as well and I suppose when you go into the family courts it's not like you get a a manual or a book or even a leaflet on how to get support where to get support what are your what are your options you sort of go in blind and come out blind (laughs) exactly and if you're phoning around trying to get some kind of representation and they're all out of your price range none of them are going to turn around and say oh well you know there's some McKenzie around (laughs) Because my sister never told me, you know, I never heard of the word Mackenzie friend. So way after my uh, my child case, so you know mm-hmm. that I don't know whether they're scared of Mackenzie friends sort of breaking into their world. I mean, it's silly, really, because a solicitor and a barrister will always be far more educated and, and stronger in a court system um, and more expensive, obviously, which <laughs> is one of the big things, I suppose. But yeah, I just think maybe um, there's just not an awful lot of Mackenzie friends out there maybe I don't know um Mm. it would be really nice to start seeing um charities as a whole especially big charities like women's aid start to um train a lot of their idvers um in the Mackenzie friend courses I think that would be a really good way to go about it just like that's a good idea yeah um and so this question is from another domestic abuse support worker and she says she's legally trained and practiced in other areas. But how do you keep up to date with the family law and the processes? Well, it's kind of on the individual, I suppose. Because again, you know, you're not an official solicitor or barrister. You don't work under a firm um, and, and have it shoved in your face all the time. So it's, again, it's on, it's the responsibility of the Mackenzie friend. You know, the resources mm. are out there. They're given to you when you do the courses and things. There's Google as well, and you know, and you can make uh, connections like I do, where you know I, I have some friends that are solicitors and some friends that know a lot more legal stuff than me that I could turn to. Mm. And it's kind of you know you you need to keep on top of these things as much as you can. And again, it, that's where it sort of can fall down in in who you choose to go with. It's always about you know have a good feeling, do your research, um, ask lots and lots of questions, and just make sure that whoever this person is, especially if you're paying them money. 
mm. uh, whoever this person is, you know, knows what you want them to know, you know, I was about to say know their stuff. Again, it's difficult because a Mackenzie friend isn't an expert, you know, we're not legally qualified, you know, massive professionals on two, two fifty, three hundred pounds an hour. <laughs> but uh, like I say, some of us on nothing an hour. Um, so we do, we do what we can, but you know, I always find almost every phone call I take from a survivor or a conversation I have with, with anybody, there's always something I don't know from that conversation and I'll always write it down and say, right, I'm going to look that up or mm. I'm going to go and ask someone about that. And then I'll, you know, make a point of remembering that for next time. And you just pick things up as you go along and you just do what you do, what you can really. And the way I always see it is if anyone asks me advice on anything and I don't know the answer, don't guess when it comes to law, you know, don't ever think, well, I'm not too sure, but I would maybe do this. <laughs> I always stop myself from doing anything like that because, you know, when it's court, um, if they take that advice yeah. and they go into the courtroom with that advice uh, and it goes against them, oh, I wouldn't be able to live with myself for a start. So, you yeah. know, I always say, right, well, I'll try and look that up for you. I'll try and get an answer for you. Or if not, here's the, the contact of someone who might be able to, to let you know that, you know, that information and, and stuff and just, yeah, take it from there, really. <laughs> No, I mean, that's really good because, I mean, not everybody is like yourself. So you have to be aware of of that. And I remember my solicitor advising us to, well, advising me to sort of, no, that's that's impossible. You, you're not going to get this outcome or, you know, come on, be more realistic and let's come up with option A, B and C and sort of working through it. And and whereas maybe somebody else might have just said, yeah, just just go for it and being a, a different kind of support. Um, sometimes it's, you, you need that realism behind it, um, even though it's really a, a hard thing to sort of get to grips of. And obviously there is a need for Mackenzie Friends because we've had a few people ask about you already and where you're based. So can yeah. you tell people where you're based? Uh, yeah, so East Midlands, um, obviously St. Sisters is uh, primarily in Nottinghamshire. Uh, we're branching off to, uh, I say we're, uh, Misha, bless her. Um, we've got another volunteer that's based in Derbyshire um, and we've got another one in Leicestershire. So we are sort of starting to branch out, but it's kind of East Midlands. But wherever I can get to, I mean, it's one of those situations where I work, I have a day, normal day job. I've got to earn money and, and pay my rent and my bills just like everybody else. I do not want to charge for any of this if I can possibly help it. Um, so, which means that, you know, on the evenings I'm available on the end of the phone. It doesn't matter. You know, I'll give whatever I can. And when it comes to typing up um, statements or helping them with statements, proofreading, you know, I'll, I'll do that till the cows come home. But if it's sort of traveling to courts and stuff like that, if it's across country, um, it can sometimes be a bit of a, a struggle with work and, and fuel costs and stuff like that but um, just sort of crossing each bridge as I come to it and just see see what happens in the future if the demand is big enough and I feel confident enough that I, you know I'm growing and the experience is coming in and the knowledge and things uh, and I can move more away from the day job and into this then you know for minimal amount of money enough for me to be able to live then you know if I'm able to go and drive two three hours and sit in a court and help somebody a victim of domestic abuse I'd much rather do that than my day job for a yeah. start if I can do it and charge her less than anyone else would ever charge her um with a legal um a slightly legal mind then you know it's kind of a win-win situation so uh, 
yeah but at the moment it's sort of yeah east midlands based as such until i can try and find my way through how i can <laughs> other people without having to say right yeah i'll help you but it's 300 quid for this and 100 quid for that because i don't want to yeah. go down that not what this was about um you know and i don't want it to ever turn out to be about the money if you yeah. like I think I think it is important that um, people would recognise that you you are a human being. You do have to survive and live and and have that you know aspect of it. So and 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 I think again, like what what with you what you said, um, it might be about time and you know maybe there is a demand that there isn't somebody in that location and they need that support and they would rather pay you for for that and can't afford a solicitor than it then it yeah. sums it up really um i think for me there was a i don't know how you feel but there's like that that feeling of of guilt of i don't want to take any anyone's money when they're in a vulnerable situation because i was once there and i could have easily been taken advantage of or, or anything so i try and get businesses or organizations to support me to then support other people but that's yeah. not easy as well. Um, so I kind of guess it's maybe sort of a balancing act. But me looking back now, it, you know, and thinking about everything, it's like, well, you, you know, I'd be able to think of it as you are a human being and you need to live and you're willing to travel this far and do this. And, and that's a huge, you know, help and aid, really. And something different, isn't it? Um, yeah. God, I wish I'd have had you back then. <laughs> Yeah, hopefully not not needed now <laughs> um so i've got another question why do you feel um how do you feel about mps trying to get rid of Mackenzie friends now this is from somebody i don't know whether this is true i haven't looked into it myself i don't know i've heard that mps are yeah i think that they're starting to become worried that there's a lot of Mackenzie friends out there and like i've said before you can literally call yourself a Mackenzie friend you can even charge people mm. um, for your services as a Mackenzie friend and not have any training any experience or anything and I think that's where it can be dangerous and I, and I do really respect that side of it and I do you know as someone who wants to go down the proper route and wants to do things right I think that if there are people out there that are, are just wanting to destroy cases for the opposite sex or they're, they're, they're picking people out because <clears throat> that that story has hit a nerve and they're just thinking right you know whatever or you know they're, they're so passionate to help but they're, they're just not knowledgeable enough and they're just giving out false um, advice willy-nilly because they're so passionate that you know they, they, they want to help but really mm. it's not going to help and then I think that you know it should be um, more uh, what would be the word um, regimented i suppose and and looked looked into really because like you say Mackenzie friend is a new thing that's coming in you know thanks to the lack of legal aid and things like that it's and it's you know it's up and coming and now it is starting to more people are starting to hear about it the courses are getting busier and things like that and and you know i i can imagine the mps thinking you know there's going to be all these people suddenly flooding this market and you know, for all they know, you know, 40, 50, 60% of them could be complete cowboys. Um, and we're dealing with law, we're dealing with yeah. facts, which are not very nice anyway. I was gonna say a few other things, but I'd probably be <laughs> arrested if I did. 
but you know they're not the greatest of places um and so the last thing you want is is someone sitting next to you either giving you bad advice or you suddenly realize that they're rooting for the other side actually mm. <laughs> or whatever you know or taking loads of money off you we're not really doing anything or doing mm. it badly so I can totally understand that really mm. and I think for someone who really wants to do it properly and do a good job I think that that can be a good thing yeah no definitely maybe it's that will be more measured in the future or there will be a class or <clears throat> a bit like any kind of housework isn't it <laughs> a bit like I don't know like um cause my mum's my a podiatrist and she has to by law go yearly and um, to keep her registration license up you know maybe it ends up like that but again like like what you were saying you know who made this mess in the first place <laughs> exactly if they want so, to get rid of friends and stuff then bring back legal aid at the yeah. end of the day will all just be domestic abuse support workers or you know emotional support workers or whatever mm-hmm. um you know and these courses wouldn't have to exist and that would be fine by me if the alternative was better then that would be absolutely fine by me i'm just i'm trying to help people and fill a gap that is yeah. blatant there and just trying to help vulnerable people if they weren't vulnerable anymore fantastic you know <laughs> <laughs> that would be great <clears throat> definitely well um i want to ask um you know how this is my own question to you how how do you deal with um you know helping people through this as a, as a Mackenzie friend as a, a support worker you know after experience experiencing um, what you've gone through um you know do you find it triggering or anything how do you cope with it <laughs> you know what um yeah triggering used to be i suppose the predominant one certainly at first um but now i kind of find it quite cathartic in a mm. weird way i mean i suffer from ptsd so i do get the triggers and i do get the panic attacks and nightmares and things but i i only get those from my own experience and my own thoughts and i find that when i'm helping somebody out especially if there's someone in a real pickle and i may be on the phone to them daily for several weeks or even a couple of months um, and we're on the phone for a couple of hours at a time and I come off that phone and you know at the beginning of the phone call they were really panicky they were like you know Taylor this has happened and I've heard this and what and they, they can barely breathe and by the end of it we sat down together having a cup of tea you know over the phone but we're both having <laughs> and we're giggling about something you know and I and I've sent them away feeling far more relaxed even if I haven't necessarily been able to help out on the legal side although that's now coming into it nicely a little bit more but it just and then it makes me feel better and then yeah. I find that I go to bed feeling you know and I'm not thinking about my own thing and and I'm thinking about their thing uh, which can be horrific as well obviously um, but the fact that you know I've helped them in some way over the, to sort of move on from whatever it was that triggered them that day um, and so they help me as well I suppose and it's yeah. just it's always been my way really I don't know whether I'm sweeping my experience under the rug by doing it or or what but it seems to be working so far so (laughs) so if it's working obviously stick with it (laughs) um I also want to know what's been the most difficult part of your job role oh you can sometimes get really frustrated I think when you you know how people someone will need to help themselves and you're telling them how they need to help themselves. And they're obviously locked in this emotional state. We've all been there. You've been there, I've been there, where you're doubting yourself and you're still speaking in the language of your abuser mm. um, and you're petrified, you know. And, uh, and sometimes I'm just like, 
you know, it's going around in your head. It's like, you know, oh, just, he's an asshole, you know, <laughs> get out, get out, you know, and all the rest of it. But you can't be like that, you know. And, and it's just the passion coming through, I suppose. Yeah. And you just desperately want to help. Um, and that all comes with experience and stuff. And that's obviously a lot less often now that that happens. And it doesn't mean that I care for them any less or I love them any less or respect them any less. You know, I get it. I get because I've been there myself. Um, and so, but, you know, you do get sort of, you just want to, to just jump in the car or a, a, a teleport and just go to the house and just, you know, give them a massive hug or just grab them and just disappear with them somewhere. Um, but other than that, I don't know, really. I suppose always having to learn. Um, it's not necessarily a, hard, a, a bad thing, but it can sometimes be hard because I, I'm not the most academic person in the world and yet I'm trying to pick up family law. <laughs> so, you know, picking things up and, and finding that every time I learn something new, there's another 20 things that I didn't oh. know that, I you know, and section this and, you know, and uh, it's just, it's a, it's a complete minefield. And this is why I'm just so um, frustrated and angry that people are being forced to enter these courtrooms by themselves because, mm. you know, it's, it's just disgraceful. The fact that you have to sit in the same room as your abuser anyway, if you're in a domestic abuse situation, but then you've got to address the judges, you've got to know how to do it, you've got to learn all these, you know, legal jargons, and it's just horrendous. And to be expected to do it, I think, you know, just shows just how much this country is, is crumbling these days, I think. Yeah, and I mean, I don't know about you, but I've not heard one single person turn around and say what a positive experience they had going through the family court system at all. <laughs> There's no. always been some kind of problem with, you know, whether it's the judge or CAFCAST or anybody else involved. <laughs> Me neither. No, no. But I, let's, I um, let's shift it around and think about the most rewarding part of your job then. What's the most rewarding part? When you get the good outcomes, I think. I got a good outcome last week with a lovely lady that I've been working with um, for about four months. And, oh, sorry. <laughs> Oh, no, I didn't mean to set you off. <laughs> oh. oh, I'm going to get emotional <laughs> just listening. It was, it was an unexpected win, but it was a win, and a win is a win. And so, and, you know, and I got off the phone to her. I kept saying, oh, I'm so proud of you, and I'm really pleased, and I was all together and helped myself to get. As soon as I hung up that phone, I just absolutely cried my heart out, oh. absolutely, with happiness for her. Um, mm. And it's just, it's times like that, you know, and again, it's when you, you pick up the phone and you've got this woman in such a panic and crying her eyes out because she's had a court letter through that day or her abuser's been stalking her place again and, you know, something's happened. And by the end of that telephone conversation, you know, it's all sort of um, been talked about in depth, sometimes even put to bed or, you know, it, they, they just feel so much better and safer and, and happier after the conversation. And that's just... Yeah, you can't put money on that. <laughs> I'm sorry, I didn't mean to set that one off on you there. <laughs> oh, no, but that's lovely, and 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 that's something that you know when you're going through those frustrations and difficulties that you need to think about. It's really important to remember, you know, why um, you set you, you you get those rewards and they are there there's some there at the end of the tunnel you know you think you're never going to get to that point again and there, there you get it so no it's really great to hear about that lady um from last week as well so thank you for sharing that 
Um, <clears throat> if people want to get in touch with you, <laughs> you might get a pile of requests. Can you go over to Scotland, <laughs> Ireland, wherever? Um, <laughs> you never know. <laughs> where, where can they find you? <laughs> well, Sane Sisters is all over social media. So Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. If you put in Sane Sisters and it's sisters, spell S-I-S-T-A-S, so not E-R-A-S. And then I'm obviously on all of those forums and admin on a lot of them as well. But Misha's admin on all of them and she's amazing and I work closely with her. And I've set up a small Facebook page for my Mackenzie friends sort of thing just to get it up there and, and out there. So when I finish my, my training and stuff, then it's already up and running. And that's under Sisters Mackenzie Friend. Because again, you know, a lot of what I'm going to be doing is, is working for free and helping the domestic abuse victims that come through Sane Sisters because they'll be primarily in my area anyway because of mm -hmm. where Sane Sisters is based. Um, so, yes, but at the moment that's sort of where I'm, where I'm at. But, uh, yeah, Sane Sisters is everywhere. So, or just no stick Taylor Marie in just about every domestic abuse support group. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, <laughs> no, that's very helpful and what i'll do is i'll pop all of your information um you know like email or, or whatnot in the um description so if anybody was listening and wanted to get in touch with taylor i'll pop it um all there so you can just do it by click of a button um well thank you so much for an unexpected <laughs> emotional end to <laughs> chatting with you <laughs> thing about what i'm doing is everybody that I meet. So being at the protests and meeting yourself, meeting Rachel Williams, you know, Victoria Haig, Sam Baldwin, mm -hmm. Natalie Page, obviously, who I now work closely with on the court set, you know, and opening all these doors for each other, you know, is, is a blessing as well, an absolute blessing. And so, you know, I really feel like I found a new calling now and it's yeah. like something good has come out of something really horrific for me. And I just, I feel like I'm becoming quite blessed and all that. And, and everybody that I meet, including yourself, is helping all of that, you know. So thank you very much. Oh, no problem. <laughs> and, and, you know, it's just so good to hear, to hear things like that as well. And, um, you know, what a part of doing this um, hashtag abuse talk was because I didn't want to feel alone in being somebody who had experienced it because I don't know about you, but when I came out of that relationship, I was like, god what just happened you know and then it got labeled domestic abuse and I was like god well why am I the only one that's gone through this if it's got a label and then suddenly you start to connect with all these different people and it becomes really common but originally it wasn't it wasn't something that felt common it was still very closed and so the again the reason why I, I decided to do this was because I didn't want to feel alone because you will understand what my thought process is when I'm reacting, you know, in maybe an unusual way or, you know, having a low time, you know, and it's not just that low time, it's filled with the inability to pick yourself back up sometimes. Um, and having that understanding is completely different to just a, a friend who has never experienced it. Um, so hearing you say similar things and talk about, you know, the passion and sort of, you know, all of that together just, you know, is like music to my, to my ears, really. So thank you so much for that. Um, so thank you um, for answering all of those questions. There were so many to get through. Um, I just want to say to everyone that you can join us over on Twitter right now on hashtag abuse talk. We're going to continue the conversation and we'll be discussing um, Mackenzie friends and 
I know it might be a bit of um, an interesting one because I know people are going to have, you know, thoughts and feelings about this. So we'll get through it and remember, we'll, we'll always, somebody will be there to reply to you. Um, each week we have a different discussion. So it's not always a negative discussion on hashtag abuse talk. Sometimes we talk about journaling or we had it, hashtag abuse talk was on Christmas day. So we just discussed our presents and things. We try and make it, you know, just a community that everyone can join in. And the next um, live broadcast on this channel is on the 4th of March. So book it in your diary. And I just want to say, I don't know how many times I've said thank you, but again, a huge thank you to Taylor for giving your time up and to be sharing it with us all. I feel a bit emotional after listening to everything that you've said, but um, thank you. It's so appreciated. I know it's going to help so many people um, just listening to that valuable information. And I'm sure that a lot of people will not have even known about Mackenzie Friends before listening to this or, you know, the rules and regs and everything. So thank you so much. <laughs> Um, no, thank you. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Once again, a big thank you to Taylor Marie for agreeing to be interviewed. I'm sure that you have learned something new from that interview because I certainly did. The next um, live broadcast on the YouTube channel will be going out on the 4th of March, um, either 7.15 or 7.30pm GMT. You can also listen to the um, podcast on Access Northwest radio station on Wednesdays from 8pm, Saturdays 2pm or Mondays 5am GMT. You've been listening to the Hashtag Abuse Talk podcast with me, Jennifer Gilmore, author of Isolation Junction and Clipped Wings. Both are available on Amazon to buy or you can head to jennifergilmore.com.